We've all heard the old saying that the wages of sin are death, that the choices we make will have consequences. But a group of scientists have changed the game. Is it possible that a simple pill can make it so you never sin again? And then we travel to the bathroom, a fixture in every home, hopefully. Some people have outhouses. But whether or not you poop in a hole or poop on a golden throne, one thing's for sure. You're not alone. Somewhere in that bathroom lurks the trolls. Today on Dead Rabbit Radio. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Dead Rabbit Radio. I'm your host, Jason Carpenter. I'm having a great day. I hope you guys are having a great day too. Hope you guys had an awesome weekend. You guys had tons of fun doing whatever you're doing. We got a lot of stuff to cover today. So first off, running into Dead Rabbit Command right now. He's late. He's late for a very important date. Everyone give it up for our newest Patreon supporter, Pernell Cook. Woohoo! Yeah! <laughs> Yay! Look at him run on in. He's all sweaty and stuff. It's pretty hot out here and he's running a little late. He's running a little late because of me. <laughs> because I forgot to pick him up from the airport to bring him to Dead Rabbit Radio Command. I actually made a mistake. He subscribed to the Patreon like two months ago. I thought I had already given him a shout out, but I didn't. So Pernell Cook, I'm going to make it up to you by doing the same thing I do for every Patreon supporter, but it's extra special for you. You're going to be our captain, our pilot this episode. If you guys can't support the Patreon, I totally understand. I really do. Just help spread the word about Dead Rabbit Radio. That helps out so much. Tell your friends, tell your family, tell everyone you know. Dead Rabbit Radio is your favorite paranormal show. And I apologize for now. I, I this is my, <laughs> he's like, hey, what, what's, what's the delay on this thing? It can take a while. Yeah, actually, this is, this is the longest I think it's taken for a new Patreon. I apologize. Pernell, let's go ahead and get this episode started. I'm going to toss you the keys of the Jason Jalopy. Stick him in the ignition and turn that engine over. We're leaving behind Dead Rabbit Command. Drive us all the way out to Texas. <laughs> A nice leisurely drive out to Texas. We're headed out to Texas. Specifically, we're headed to the University of Texas. So we're wearing our graduation gowns and we got our motorboard hats on and stuff like that. We're walking around campus. It's like 108 out there. We're all sweating. Here's a Jason tidbit. This is funny how times change. Actually, this is a good segue into this story. So when I graduated high school... I was 320 pounds. It was 320 pounds in high school. And back in 1994, that was considered so overweight. You're like, Jason, that's pretty overweight nowadays. Hold on, hold on. Let me finish. In 1994, I was 320 pounds. And I was so overweight that they could not find a grad. <laughs> this is pretty, I mean, this was a wake-up call. This was, when I graduated high school, I that's when I started my fitness journey. And I went from 320 to about 220 in a year, just lifting weights and counting my calories. And then over the next 30 years, about to that, I slowly put on weight. The point is, is that they couldn't find a graduation gown to fit me. 
in high school in 1994, the Jostens organization, they probably had a meeting. They're like, hey, we have this kid in California who we cannot fit with a graduation robe. Apparently, like they, I sent in my measurements. I sent off my stuff to Jostens or like the school did. And then they came back. Jostens goes, we don't have a robe big enough <laughs> for you. What are you, some ogre from Greek mythology? You're 320 pounds. We don't have a robe that'll fit a 320-pound man. So they said, it's going to take us some time to craft this. We're going to have to go down into the Justin's laboratory and try to make one of these. And I did end up getting my graduation robe. And it it fit, you know, (laughs) snug. No, I was just joking. I mean, it fit. I looked like I was wearing a graduation robe. But then at that point, Justin's, I imagine like Mr. Justin's was like all his hands were all tired from sewing and stuff like that. And he's like, oh, well, okay, so we'll never have to make, we'll never have to make a gown that big again, right, guys? And everyone's like, yeah, that was definitely a one-off thing. I'm sure that Jostens nowadays, they probably have a framed photo of me, and it's like the first one. Always remember the first one we made. I was so big in high school, they had to custom make my graduation gown. And I'm sure that's not a problem. I'm sure that they totally are just like, oh, 5X, here we go. Pull it off the assembly line. We got these going. Oh, but that's a good segue for this story. We're walking around University of Texas in our graduation gowns and our little caps. And we're looking for the laboratory. We're asking people like janitors, because I don't think there's students there right now. We walk up to the custodians. We're like, hey, dude, we're looking for that laboratory on campus. And the custodian looks from side to side and he's like, the one with the one with the pills. And we're like, yeah, sure. He's like, like, follow me. I got my custodian keys. I can go anywhere. So we're like sneaking around campus now. He's opening all these doors. And then finally, he opens this door. He's opening all these doors. We're going deeper, deeper into the campus. And then he's like, okay, but this last door I'm going to open for you. Got to understand, there's forbidden knowledge in here. Once you step through this door, nothing will ever be the same. Like, what? Okay. Now I'm definitely intrigued. I'm totally going in here. So he opens the door and we walk in and it looks just like a normal laboratory. There's a bunch of dorks walking around with beakers and stuff. And you see this dude in the back and he has like this big Bunsen burner and this giant empty vial on it. And he's like, bring me those beakers, boys. Pour it all in here. We, we're making these pills. And everyone's all pouring in their liquids. And he's like, oh, yeah. <laughs> this is his fetish. He's like, oh, yeah. This is the reason why I became a scientist. Yeah. They're like, uh... Okay, <laughs> this would be a lot less awkward if you would stop moaning as we're pouring the formula into the speaker. He's like, ah, oh, no, pour it more, more. Get some on me. Ah, oh, yeah, that's the stuff. And then eventually, there's this giant vial full of this goo, and he's like spinning it around. The dude, the main scientist, wiggling around. They don't have a accelatron or whatever that thing's called. He's just moving his hand really, really quickly. And then he starts pouring it out into little containers and then they become pills and he's like has this whole row of pills now and he's like ladies and gentlemen we have invented the perfect weight loss drug ever known to man and this when i tell people about this pill it bugs them there's this new drug called cpac c-p-a-c-c it's this new drug that's been invented and they're currently testing it on rats 
And what it does, like so many weight loss drugs before, right now we have the Wegovy and the Osma pick and all that, those shots that people are getting, and it makes it so you feel full. You get the shot, it's a weekly shot, you feel full. So since you feel full, you eat less. And then you slowly lose weight over time. And that's cool and all, but what if you love to eat? Same thing with people getting their stomach stapled. Now you can only consume like 600 calories a day for like the first six months. Then after that, you have all these dietary restrictions. Fine. If those are the weight loss routes you want to go on, that's totally fine. But what if you love to eat? CPAC is a weight loss pill that allows you to eat as much as you want. Whenever you want. You won't gain weight. It sounds like a miracle. Sounds like a miracle drug. What it does is this pill actually increases your metabolism and it affects how magnesium flows through your mitochondria. And the mitochondria, the magnesium in the mitochondria is responsible for uh, producing energy and burning calories. So this pill allows you to eat as much as you want and it just accelerates everything else. Okay, you really, really love McDonald's. You're 400 pounds. And your doctor goes, listen, you can do the medical surgery. First off, you can, you know, <laughs> you can walk a little. You know, you can start exercising, cut down on your calories, cut down on your McDonald's, work hard, reduce your calories. You can lose weight that way. Or we can give you this shot. We can give this Wegovy. And it'll make it so you always feel full. So you'll eat, you'll just eat less because you feel full. Or we can go in and do an operation and reduce the size of your stomach. Or you can take this pill that will allow you to eat the same amount of McDonald's you're eating right now and still lose weight. And you would say, McDonald's is, is unhealthy for you, right? McDonald's, all of the fats and the oils and really what's in the bread and all of that stuff... McDonald's is unhealthy for you. I'm not saying McDonald's isn't. <laughs> so just so Ronald McDonald doesn't burst down my door with a court order. The idea is, is just fast food in general is unhealthy, whether it's McDonald's or, or Taco Bell or anything like that. And then let's say that it's not that. Let's say that you love to eat super buttery croissants in the morning, huge plates of ham and eggs for lunch. Then you're eating spaghetti, like big greasy spaghetti meals, extra grease added. And then at night you have an array of whipped desserts, a lot of buttery stuff. That's going to do something to your body. Like whether or not you gain weight is irrelevant if you eat junk. If you, it, Even that, you're like, Jason, that actually sounds pretty yummy. Ham and cheese for, ham and eggs for lunch. Let's say it's just Twinkies and sugar and butter and fats and oils and all that stuff. You're having the greasiest foods. You're having the least healthy foods you can possibly have. It doesn't matter if you if you gain weight or not. It's going to totally destroy the inside of your body. You take this CPAC pill and you ingest five 6,000 calories a day of junk food. You may be 180 pounds. It may be turbocharging your metabolism, but that has to do things to your heart. That has to do things to your circulatory system to your respiratory system it wouldn't matter if you ate nothing but junk food and you didn't gain a pound you would be unhealthy and that's what makes this story so disturbing because that 
parts not true. In rats, using this CPAC medication, you can eat this junk food, your cholesterol will not skyrocket. You will not have higher rates of heart disease. You suffer no ill health effects from this drug. It reduces, if you take this pill, it actually reduces the risk of heart attack, stroke, liver cancer, fatty liver disease. You can eat junk as much as you want and not only look good, but feel good while you're doing it. It's creepy. Well, and it's funny because when I first read it, I go, oh, that's super interesting. And it was a little weird, but the more I've told people about it, seeing how they react to it, seeing how they react to they go, you can't take away the consequences of bad decisions. That's what we're doing. If the pill allowed you to eat as much as you want, but it still clogged your arteries, that's a little more acceptable. It's removing the penalties of bad decisions. We have grown up in a society where there are good decisions and bad decisions. There are sacrifices and there are overindulgences. The idea is if you work out and eat right and skip that dessert and eat healthy, you will live a longer and healthier life. As a general rule, it's not, it doesn't always work out that way, but as a general rule, if you decide to sit on your couch all day and watch Minecraft YouTubers and eat nothing but Dairy Queen blizzards, you are making a trade-off. You are getting a very, very short-term reward, those delicious, delicious blizzards. But you will pay for it by gaining weight. You're not going to be healthy. It's going to mess up all that oil and butter. It's going to mess up your heart. It's going to mess up your everything inside of you. They are delicious, though. You're making that trade-off. But now, with this pill, the guy on the couch... While he may not be as healthy as the guy who runs every day, he's not going to be so unhealthy. He's not going to, it's not going to be this huge gamut anymore. You're, the guy who sits on the couch and eats nothing but blizzards all day long will have a... Because he's still got <laughs> blood clots all shooting up through his legs. He's like, ah, this is fine. I can't feel my feet anymore. But this is fine. Obviously... He's, you know, you do want to move a little bit, but the idea is the guy who eats blizzards versus the guy who says, you know what, I really like blizzards, but today I'm going to have a salad for lunch. They're going to have, if, if it's not such extreme, it's not like a sedentary guy versus a man who jogs to work. If it's just the diet thing, they're going to have the equal level of health. If they both walk to work, it's a half hour walk, they both walk to work. But one guy eats nothing but fast food all day long and an entire DiGiorno pizza for lunch. Versus the guy who says, now I'll have a salad with almonds on it and some vinaigrette. Some cheese thing for dinner, some ricotta, tomato ricotta, I don't know, gross, disgusting stuff. That's what I'll have. Those two people will be equally healthy. And I think it's that people find it disturbing because it's not fair. When you get down to it, it's not fair. But I find that so fascinating. The idea is, if you sin, you know, gluttony is a mortal sin. In the Catholic religion, at least. Or seven deadly sins, however they put it. If you sin, you have to pay the consequences for that. In this particular case, that will not happen. You can eat poorly and have the same health as someone who struggles and sacrifices. 
to eat well. And the fact that it may not be fair for this person who eats nothing but junk food to be as healthy as the person who eats healthy, I mean, that's just the way the world. But I think that this pill, it's not only destroying the idea that, you know, choices have consequences. It's not only destroying the idea that gluttony is a sin. Because what is a sin if there is no consequence for it? It's destroying the idea of fairness. It's destroying the idea of eating healthy and making healthy decisions. It won't matter anymore. It won't matter. So we'll see. I mean, if they're testing it in rats, they're talking about this could be like a five, ten year thing to come out with humans. But I read this article and I am sure that this laboratory got a bunch of phone calls. I'm sure a lot of people are going to throw a lot of money at this because this is a game changer. This is way bigger than just feeling full. This is allowing you to indulge as much as you want and never suffering for it. Pernell Cook, I'm going to go ahead and toss you the keys to the Carpenter Copter. We're going to leave behind this laboratory and the madness that will ensue if these pills are released to the public. It'll be crazy, won't it? Pernell, we're leaving behind this laboratory. Fly us all the way out, too. Ohio. Specifically, we're going to Logan. It's July 2014. We're in Logan, Ohio. Specifically, we're at the Hawking Hills State Park slash Old Man's Cave. That's not the full name of it. I think it's two different locations, but I guess Hawking Hills State Park is pretty big. The person who posted this online, we're going to go ahead and call her Michelle. She said it was in that state park near Old Man's Cave. I don't know. I've never been in none of these places. I kind of looked them up online to see if I could figure out any other... (laughs) Any other bathroom-related incidents over there? Old Man's Cave, all that stuff. I couldn't find anything, but I did look. And we're about to meet this girl. Her name is Michelle, and she's there with her friend. We're going to call her Judy. And they're driving through Ohio. Car is going down the highways and byways of Ohio. A lot of times when I find these stories, right, there's just like an anonymous name online or no name. And just for narrative purposes, I have to decide, is this a man or a woman? Because sometimes it makes a difference, sometimes it doesn't, but most of the time it's just by the names that I give the characters in the story. I don't know. I've messed up before. <laughs> I've messed up before. But I found out after the fact that I said someone had a girlfriend and he responded. He goes, no, that was my boyfriend. I was like, oh, sorry, dude. Didn't even uh, occur to me. In this particular story, it's usually for the names, right? I can't give everyone a androgynous name like Toby. We have Michelle and Judy. The reason why I go, these are probably women who are on this road trip, is because they're driving through Ohio, and they go, you know what, let's spend a couple hours walking around the state park, and while we're here, let's take a shower. And I go, no, dude. No dude that I know of. I've never done it. It's been on a road trip. We've been in the same car for three days. Never has the the conversation about taking a shower come up. We're fine. We're good. What? Three days and it's a 16-day road trip? I'll take a shower on day 18. It's not an issue. We would just laugh about how funny the car smelled, how bad it smelled. Anyway, or maybe I'm in the mind. Like, Jason, who do you hang out with? The garbage pail kids? I wish. 
Michelle and Judy, they are on this road trip, and they're like, man, it sure is getting kind of funkadelic in this car. <laughs> Not because of our mixtape. Let's go ahead and stop at this place and take showers. Now, not like they're going to get underneath the waterfall and take a shower. They're actually going to go and they have this public shower area at this rest stop. You get a little soap, get a little water, clean yourself up. And it's just like you would imagine. It's a series of shower stalls. Well, Judy goes in to take her shower. La-di-da-di-da. Doop-a-doop. in the tub. She comes out. All glistening and clean and non-smelly. And then Michelle goes, oh, it's my turn. My turn to take my shower. So she walks in to the shower stalls. There's more than one shower. I'm actually surprised they didn't take them at the same time. Maybe someone wanted to stay alert for perverts, which isn't a terrible idea, right? If you're in a strange ride of town, there's a place where you can take showers. You might want to say, you take the shower first. I'll stand guard outside the door. But anyways... Michelle walks in to the public shower area to take her shower. And she gets into one of the stalls, turns on the shower, grabs her bar of soap, rub-a-dub-dub in the tub, scrubbing, scrubbing everywhere, singing the shower song. And then someone catches her eye. She looks down. So she's in this shower stall. And you know how normally, like, these public shower stalls... The same thing with like a public toilet. There's a gap underneath the bottom of each stall. And I think it's specifically there. So if you get locked out, you can slither underneath it. Other than that, I don't know why the stalls don't go all the way to the ground. I don't understand the logic of the gap in between the floor and the stall wall that leads to the next stall. But the gap's always there. It's always like a foot, two foot high gap. Anyway, she's showering and something catches her eye and she looks down And she sees someone is watching her. She doesn't get a sense that she's being watched. No, she looks down and she clearly sees... what The way to describe it would be, imagine if someone was on all fours in the shower stall next to you. And they had their head poking underneath the stall wall. And they've craned their neck up so they can get a good look at you. That would be alarming enough, but that's actually not what she saw. This thing... (laughs) Here's the thing, like, that was bad enough. You just start urinating in the shower out of fear. It wasn't a man. It wasn't a pervert. It wasn't a creepo. It was what she could only describe... As a troll. It had the head and the face of a troll. She goes, I could tell just by the proportion of its head and the way that it was laying that it was short. It wasn't a full-sized human. It had very troll-like features. She said it appeared to have some sort of beard, but instead of a natural beard, there was just tufts of hair sticking out. In odd lengths, along where a beard should be. But what really stuck with her? She's specifically talking about the way its head was angled. She said, quote, The way it slid its head under and looked up at me was bizarre and demonic. 
So truly impossible for a human to do. It was something that was so unnatural, it looked like only the darkest of entities would be capable of craning their neck that way. It's a, it's a weird visual, right? Because you can imagine a guy looking up at you while you're taking a shower. But then to see him turn his neck in such a way, you're like, okay, first you're just creepy. Now I think you're the son of Satan. It did something in her brain. She said it looked demonic. And she's staring at it. It's staring up at her. But it's not necessarily that this troll creature was erotically turned on by what he was seeing. She said that this troll seemed to have this look of delight across his face. You're like, Jason, obviously he's aroused if he's all, woo, as I look on his face. No. She said, it seemed to be more delighted by my fear. It was feeding off of the panic. It was feeding off of the terror I was currently experiencing. That's what it really wanted. It wanted me to be scared. Michelle shuts the shower off and jumps out. And she begins hastily putting on her clothing. And she's thinking, I gotta see what that was. Like, it was in the stall next to me. Whatever it was, it was in the stall next to me. There's no way it got out in the amount of time it took for me to shut off the shower and jump out. And she's still putting on her clothes and she's looking over at the stall, the empty stall that was next to hers, where she saw this troll appear from. And she's staring at that stall, and she goes, it has to still be in there. I have to see what it was. And she's thinking, I'm going to just open it up and see what's in there. And as she's thinking about opening that door, she hears the shower turn on in the supposedly empty stall. She takes this as a sign. This is a way of letting her know, don't open the door. This stall is occupied. Michelle comes running out. And she's like, we gotta go. We gotta go. There's a troll in the bathroom. What? There's a troll in the bathroom. I'll explain later. Let's just go. And they rush out of the park. And Michelle said, she goes, listen, honestly, it would have been less creepy if it had been a man, which I think is, <laughs> I think is a totally true statement. You still, you would have been angry, you would have been disgusted, but it would have been in a sad way expected. No one ever expects the bathroom troll to interrupt your otherwise normal day. And she posted this online. She posted this online underneath the name Realistic Moose 6043. And she really was asking, does anybody know of anything else that may have happened in this area? Because again, we talk about this all on the show, there are certain paranormal events you can slot into the knowable. Ghosts. We know what they are. We don't know why they are. There's a lot of debate about that, I should say. But you understand, if a ghost came in your room, you could put it into a box. Put it into a box of experiences. If you saw an alien, you could put that into a box of experiences. Someone gets demonically possessed. And you can go off of years, if not centuries, of research on how these things interact with people and what to do with them. 
we're pretty light on the <laughs> we're pretty light on the bathroom troll phenomenon. Really, trolls in general, trolls and goblins and elves. Like you have to go kind of far back into the faithful stuff, and that stuff's boring. You kind of want to go. What do I know, or what does anyone know about trolls in this area? So I looked it up. Hocking Hill State Park, Old Man's Cave. I went to Shadowlands, which is the best resource for just like an overview of haunted places. I didn't check. Actually, now that I think about it, I did, I did not check my book, Haunted Places, the National Directory. That is my favorite. I'm actually looking. I have a copy right here. Let me look at real quick. Hocking Hills. I totally didn't even think about that. I'll see what I can pull up later. Maybe I'll find another really cool story to tell. Because we this isn't the end of the bathroom trolls. There's more than one, despite her wanting to know more about that particular area. And I checked the Shadowlands. Yeah, I'll look through this book later for uh, Hawking Hills stuff. Because I got more to talk about with the trolls anyways. Um, she wanted to know if there was anything else in this area, so she posted this online. Well, someone else posted this story. Uh, we'll go ahead and call uh, this young woman Tracy. Tracy said, well, in South Texas, I used to live in South Texas. And... I'd always go to the bathroom because <laughs> I'm a normal human. I eat food and digest it and then defecate it. She goes, I'd go to the bathroom and all the time, my dog, let's go ahead and call him Jake. Jake would always follow me into the bathroom. I'd be like, oh, great. But you got to go to the bathroom. What are you going to do? You can't outlast your dog. Your dog's just being friendly. Maybe it has a poop fetish. I don't know. I wonder if dogs, I wonder if animals have fetishes, actually, now that I think about it. I wonder if you'd ever find a porcupine who was like into bondage. Or is that just a human thing? Do humans just, like, develop... That can't be true. I'm sure monkeys have fetishes. I, I'm i sure. I don't think anyone has ever studied it. <laughs> There's a gorilla out there wearing a gimp suit. And they're like, ah, I think I'll go, <laughs> go, go become a geologist instead. I'm throwing decades of schooling. I'm not going near that gorilla wearing a leather mask. You imagine that animals would develop fetishes. It seems, because what are humans but animals? And the way we develop, <laughs> I'm afraid we probably won't even get to this other troll story. Because <laughs> I, now I'm on a, I, this is weird. The way a human develops a fetish is when they're in a period of sexual awakening, right? Generally when they're pretty young and their bodies are doing things and their minds are doing things, their big sister will run up and say, smell my feet, smell my feet, my feet are so smelly. And you're like, no, no, your feet are so smelly. And you get aroused. You don't, you don't mean to. You don't mean for it to happen. But it happens. There's a huge thing, you know, like the feeder community where people feed other people until they get super obese, morbid, beyond morbidly obese. Galaxafats, I think is what they're called, or infinifats. Um, a lot of them, I remember reading an article decades ago that I read this article, like in the early 2000s about the feeder fetish community and more than one, I'll see if I can find it. It's a, I'm sure it's still up. It was like the first article written on them. I'm sure it's been reprinted. Multiple people, multiple of the people in this community said, yeah, I remember when I was a kid, I saw this Porky Pig cartoon where he was forced, he was like sent to hell and forced to eat a bunch of stuff, or he was having a nightmare and was forced to eat a bunch of stuff and he kept getting bigger. But multiple people had, I had seen that cartoon when I was a kid. These people would have been a couple of years older than me when they were just starting their sexual awakening and they saw that cartoon and they, for whatever, fetishes, they, for whatever reason, a connection is made. And a, a fetish is a non-sexual object 
becomes sexual. Like you have a sexual attraction to something that is totally not sexual, like feet, hair is a big fetish. And then you get into stuff like bondage. Let's say that you got tied up at some point. You got tied up and left on a railroad track. So if that is true, if a human can have a sexual fetish, then why not a chimpanzee? Our closest relatives, a bonobo, an orangutan. Because they would have those same feelings. Are there right now chimpanzees running around that are like totally attracted to trees? Because one day they saw a cute girl walk by and then or a, cute, a cute chimpanzee walk by and then she hid behind a tree and it confused him. And now he's still attracted to female chimpanzees, but he also thinks tr- trees are sexy as well. So he's out banging trees right now. I mean, listen, I, I know this sounds off topic. Okay, it is off topic, but I know it sounds unreasonable, but I'm sure there are animals. Because if, if humans have fetishes, then chimpanzees, they should also have fetishes. And if they have fetishes, then all bets are off. Like you would have, you would have like an armadillo who was really into acorns, like really into acorns. Super rare for him to find in the desert, but when he finds, <laughs> he's taking it home. That's weird. Bird. I wonder if birds have fetishes. But anyways, now I'm just naming off different species. I'm going to look that up. <laughs> I'm going to look that up, and I will let you know if I find anything, of course. Let's get back to the... What were we talking about? Oh, yeah. Did the dog have a poop fetish? That's where that came from. Anyways. The dog always walks into the bathroom with her. <laughs> I'm going to breeze through these next two troll stories. I'm like, oh, I really want to research that chimpanzee thing. No. Uh, Tracy, I think that's what we called her. Her dog always walks in the bathroom with her, but this particular day, the dog wouldn't go in the bathroom. And she's fine with that, but she did think it was weird that when she walked through the bathroom door, the dog was following her and then came to a complete stop outside the bathroom door. And she looks down and she goes, Jake, Jakey boy, you okay? And the dog's just staring into the bathroom. She's like, what? And then she turns and she looks and on the bathroom sink counter... She sees a little troll, a little alien. <laughs> you're like, oh, I forgot this was about trolls. Now you're Googling animal fetishes. Do animals have fetishes? Oh, I just realized that's going to bring up some really horrible search results. But anyways, back to the trolls. It's kind of a... You're like, Jason, no matter what comes out of your mouth now, you're going to have the idea of a gorilla in a gimp suit seared into your consciousness. Your coworkers are going to be like, hey, man, you Okay. Uh, you look, you you look a little pale, man. There's an eight inch troll dancing on the bathroom sink. Which sounds funny, you know, little little guy dancing. I don't think that can, as the trolls dancing, you imagine a giant girl in a gimp suit. You're like, dude, get this image out of my head. Quit repeating it. You know how much leather you would need? To put a gorilla in a gimp suit. I will say this. I think this I think this I think this story's gone off the rails. I do want to say this. I watched the new Hans. A new Hans video the other day. Longtime listeners of the show. I'll put it in the show notes. Uh longtime listeners of the show know about Hans Vermhat. He is famously the man who said monkeys do not exist. He believes the color orange is satanic, that space is fake. And listen, dude, hats off to Hans, right? He he has been going longer than this show has. 
Like, I, I, and listen, people quit doing things for a multitude of reasons. Sometimes life gets too busy. Sometimes, you know, they have to do more stuff at work with family. And I don't knock anyone who does stop doing something because I understand the grind. But for the people who do continue it week after week, month after month for years, like, you got to salute that. Hans Vermhat is still putting out content. And he was going before this show even started. YouTube has shut down multiples of his channels. He just keeps putting stuff out. He put an interesting video out the other day about... Because he doesn't believe monkeys are real. That's really like his claim to fame. That he doesn't believe monkeys are real. And I'm not going to say that he brings up good points. But... I was watching this video the other day, and he was talking about gorillas. And he said, if gorillas are so strong, because his, his, one of his hypotheses is that we're told that monkeys are incredibly vicious and really, really strong, so we stay away from them. Because if we got close to a gorilla, we would realize it was a guy in a suit. He said all the warnings about how dangerous primates are is actually so we're okay with them being locked up in zoos and we'll never go to see one like one-on-one. I mean, first off, most of us don't live in the jungles of Africa. But anyways, that's part of his thing. And he goes, they're not as violent as people say they are. He goes, if they're so violent, why are they so docile in zoos? I mean, why don't we hear about zookeepers getting horribly mauled by gorillas? Well, a simple Google search found out that that's not true. There, I won't say there's been a ton of them, but it's more than one. Maybe the guy in the suit was just, he really wanted to get home from work that day, and he's like, get out of my way, Bob. And they're like, no, you're still on the clock. You're still a gorilla. And he starts ripping up the zookeeper, his co-worker in this case. But this was the interesting point he had, and I thought about it, and I go, oh, okay. He goes, listen, we're told that chimpanzees and gorillas, they're pretty smart. They're not as smart as a human, but they're not as dumb as, say, raccoons, which are actually kind of smart, too. But he goes, we're told that primates are are fairly intelligent. We're also told that they're incredibly strong. He goes, so how come we've never enslaved them? And I go, what? That's actually interesting. (laughs) You're like, no, it's not, Jason. You're dumber than he is. Because, no, 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 think about it. When he said, this is the problem with conspiracy theory, right? I don't know a lot about apes. I don't know a lot about primates in general. So when somebody makes a, this is what happens with most conspiracy theorists. Someone will make a claim, and someone like me, right, who doesn't have a a wide breadth of knowledge of a particular topic, will go, yeah, it does make sense. That does make sense why... Don't we have slave? Why don't we have like gorillas building the pyramids? Why haven't we instead of... Think about it. We have horses. We have wrapped ropes around them. And we made them bring our carriages back and forth. But then you would take the carriage to the local quarry and you would get out. I don't think you could afford a four-horse carriage if you're a rock splitter. But how come I have to go to the quarry and break rocks with a hammer? Why aren't the quarries run... Or operated by gorillas. Because they're super strong, right? They're super strong. They're intelligent enough. Some of them can speak sign language. So why couldn't you capture a bunch of gorillas and put them to work for you? But especially, like nowadays, we can crush our own rocks. We've built machines. 
but why didn't you you've never seen okay you're like jason are you legitimately arguing that this is a good i'm just asking questions i'm just asking questions has there ever been a culture on earth that has tried to put the primates to work like sure you have those little carpuchin monkeys or whatever they're called that dance to the music but even just manual labor carrying stuff dragging you know like if you didn't have horses if horses weren't available you just <laughs> throw a couple ropes around gorilla necks and you're good to go see i think i thought about that when he said that i watched the video i actually watched it twice but i did i don't i didn't finish it because it's pretty much i think I, it was like an 18 minute long video i got like 12 minutes into it maybe at the end then he goes just joking no one believes this but i thought you could I understand that gorillas are fairly intelligent. Again, they're, they have the intelligence, I think, of like a human child. They're super strong, but I think the level of violence is why they haven't tamed them. Or not even tamed them, but put them to work. Making them do stuff. Smashing rocks and things like that. I think, because if things go sideways, everybody's dead. But who knows? I mean, that was it's an interesting question. Why don't we have gorillas doing manual labor for humans and you could argue now you wouldn't need them but five six ten thousand years ago why haven't we done it it is possible that some people <laughs> it's possible that some people tried and their entire civilization was wiped off the map they're like we've captured 10 mountain gorillas Sire, and we will put them to work building your temples, and then these ten gorillas just completely obliterate like ten thousand citizens. But it was an interesting question. It was an interesting question, and that's the thing about Hans and conspiracy theories in general. Sometimes it's just asking the questions makes you go like I've never thought about that before. So when someone said that, it's not that I don't believe monkeys aren't real, but when someone said that, I go, that is interesting because I have zero context for any of it. I've maybe seen one or two monkeys in real life at the zoo. Hans, you're right. I've never seen a monkey in real life. Actually, no, that's not true. I did see a tiny monkey the other day, but he was one of those tiny monkeys, like <laughs> size of an eight inch troll. He was this, he was maybe about a foot tall monkey. I forgot I was at Andrew's Pizza. This is probably a couple months ago when a guy had a little monkey on his shoulder. But what's interesting is there was glass. I was like sitting at the window and there was a sheet of glass there to look outside and the monkey was on the other side of the glass. So I mean, technically, <laughs> technically could have been an eight inch tall man wearing a very convincing monkey suit. I'd never really seen a monkey that close. So I wouldn't know what convincing was. Hans believes the smaller monkeys are hand puppets. And the bigger monkeys are people's in, people in suits. So he doesn't think that there's actually eight-foot-tall people running around. When, you, when a conspiracy theory is you ask so many questions, people are going to start going, yeah, you're right, I don't know the answer to that. And that's kind of their gotcha moment. But no one knows the answer to everything. I don't think that monkeys are people in suits or hand puppets. Even though I've only seen one, I was separated by a sheet of glass. I didn't get to check him. I was asking the guy, I'm like, where's the zipper, sir? Where's the zipper? He's like, ah! Run, Philip! Run! The little monkeys run down the street, and I'm chasing them. Show me the zipper. But it is an interesting question. It probably has a very obvious answer. The answer probably is is because one, <laughs> have you ever tried capturing a gorilla? That's probably the only answer you need. If you, if you pose this question to anyone, and they're like, "Let's go to the zoo. <laughs> Let's go to the zoo." 
And I want you to point out to me how you're going to capture that gorilla running around. And I will tell you all those ways won't work. Using old-timey tools. Obviously, like nowadays, we have trank dart guns and stuff like that. But if you're asking why weren't gorillas help building great civilizations, well, because they didn't have tranquilizer darts. They had to just, like, poke them a bunch of times. And then what? Then he's just madder and bloodier. But it's interesting... Han's video, again, you ask so many questions, eventually you're going to stump people. <laughs> you're like, well, you know, maybe I'll cede that to you. Why aren't, why weren't gorillas, why weren't the primates ever enslaved? Maybe they were, though, at some point. Who knows? But never enough to really put a mark on history. You'll never go to, like, ancient, an ancient Assyrian temple, and they're like, here lies Bulof. The great ape who helped build that ziggurat over there. And there's just a picture of a finger pointing towards a pile of rubble. The ziggurat used to be there. And if you dug up... I don't remember what his name was. What did I call him? Boloff? What anyways? We, I, I won't even look back at the sign. They're like, just look back at the sign. So his name, ah, too busy. We dig up his grave and we find giant simian bones. Right? Giant ape bones. And then, you know, memorialized by history but other than that they really haven't made a mark i have another tro- <laughs> i have another troll story here but i actually go i'm going to save it for another episode i don't want to rush through it but but yeah is <laughs> you're like jason i don't even know what this episode was are there bathroom trolls is there an entity that actually lives in bathrooms <laughs> or more importantly <laughs> Do animals have fetishes? I don't know what I'm going to end up naming this episode. It'll probably be bathroom trolls. Something bathroom troll related. So it'll be a nice surprise for people to get a Hans. Hans hasn't made an appearance on this show like in hundreds of episodes. It'll be a nice surprise for all you long-term listeners out there. And if this is your first episode, they're all kind of like this. (laughs) They're all kind of like this. I'm sorry. I know people like more serious paranormal podcasts. They like it more serious. But this is just the way that it is. This is a podcast I love doing, and I know a lot of you guys love it, and I appreciate all your support. We're going to save this other troll story for later. I actually think it does deserve its own segment, because, again, it's so, so weird. But we will talk about that in a future episode of Dead Rabbit Radio. There's tons more coming, tons more weird news out there. And hats off to Hans. He, he does say some pretty hateful things, by the way, too. I don't want to give him too much credit. He said some pretty despicable things in his videos. But as far as the monkeys go, hats off to you, Hans, for sticking with it. Maybe tone down on all the other stuff. That's uh, (laughs) the reason why YouTube keeps shutting down your channel. DeadRabbitRadio at gmail.com is going to be our email address. You can also hit us up at facebook.com slash DeadRabbitRadio. TikTok is at DeadRabbitRadio. Dead Rabbit Radio is the daily paranormal conspiracy and true crime podcast. You don't have to listen to it every day, but I'm glad you listened to it today. Have a great day.